Blog Talk Radio. On the spot analysis, am I crazy? Uh, <laughs> uh, no. Are we on a podcast? Yeah. I, I think I'm going to come get some. If you want some, come. Gotta get that. Gotta get that. Gotta get that. My Appreciate favorite, it. though. Am I? You're my favorite. Oh, thank you yeah. so much. I think not. Put me on the e meter and ask me a question, and the needle would float. Welcome to Come Get Some Day 101. If y'all heard my 100th episode, you know what's happening here. This is probably going to be my last regular episode of Come Get Some. I may sure go a few interviews in here and there, uh, but I've decided to dedicate my show to the subject of, of Scientology. But today we have an important show, and this is an important show, uh, because I'm talking to Terry Evans, who is a cybersecurity expert. Uh, there's a lot of people on social media. Almost anybody who can be on social media are on social media today. And it's real easy to get wrapped up with the wrong people, get uh, scammed, catfished, and eventually do something stupid where you end up getting blackmailed. And when that happens, you don't hear about it because you're paying people not to tell anyone about what happened to you. Um, And this is a big million billion dollar thing that happens every year to people, and it's getting worse as social media grows and as the social media participation grows. Uh, People are getting scanned right or left. So uh, Terry is a good guy. Uh, I will give a big shout out to Miss Linda Childress for setting this interview up because she's the one that uh, made sure I knew about this guy. And I think there's a lot uh, to be benefited. And I hope you guys all check him out. If you need some help, uh, Terry is a good guy to go to. Here's his interview right now. Okay, I do a lot of my stuff on social media, and I've known a lot of people on social media who've had a lot of different situations with catfishing and other internet scams. Today on the show, I have someone who, who looks into these kind of things. I have a, a, a cyber security detective. Is that the right way to say it, Terry? Yeah, I'm a cyber security uh, expert, I guess. Right. So welcome, Terry Evans, to the show. Terry, thank you for coming on. I think, uh, I think you do important work over there. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on today, Chris. Thank you for uh, helping us get the message out. Right. Well, so what is it that you do exactly? Well, primarily we're in business. I started business back in, in April this year, and primarily uh, we're engaged in helping victims who have found themselves uh, uh, threatened or either uh, actually actually defrauded online uh, via dating sites or dating online. Uh, so I look at uh, things like catfishing, which is uh, fake IDs where people will pose at someone else. Usually they'll get pictures from uh, someone else's site, maybe Facebook, maybe random uh, pictures on the Internet. They're always attractive, and they uh, begin to uh, groom victims and develop a relationship with them. Uh, from there, relationships uh, can turn to more intimate, just just as uh, in-person uh, relationships when, when one gets uh, involved, turns to more uh, of an intimate nature, and people start sharing lots of information, pictures, those kinds of things. 
and then the, the problem is that if this person isn't legitimate, then the next step is, is uh, these perpetrators look at things like uh, sextortion, where they'll uh, demand payment, and the threat is that they can post those intimate pictures either online or, or send them directly to uh, the victims. Big, big, big business. This is a billion-dollar uh, worldwide business. Uh, North American citizens are major targets of uh, many of the international uh, scammer organizations involved in this. So it's a serious, it's a serious issue, and uh, uh, we're doing our best. So it's bigger than one would think, because when I think about catfishing, I don't think about extortion. I think about just lonely people who want to be more or bigger than what they are and they just they create that world for themselves and convince other people. But you're saying there's a lot of there's a lot of money being made off of that. Tons of money. Yeah, there's a sliver of people out there that certain certainly people in person uh, embellish and certainly they embellish uh, online. Uh, that's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about somebody who develops an entire persona for the purpose of, of uh, victimizing people. Uh, you know, I've seen uh, cases where people are victimized in, in, in losing literally thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands, and they never let go. It's an ongoing thing, and uh, frankly, some victims would rather die than risk uh, exposure. Uh, some of these, these scammers, these, these are organizations. These are rarely individuals. These are people who, who work uh, oftentimes overseas. I get a lot of cases uh, from the Philippines, Nigeria, Jamaica, and also in country. We get some things from Mexico, Canada, uh, certainly the U.S. But the, the goal here is to, is to separate the person from their money. So they'll do research. Uh, they'll go online. They know who their victim is already. They know what their background is. They know what their vulnerabilities are. And then they just go to town. I wonder how you got into this. Were you ever a victim yourself, or do you just uh, do you just notice these things happening and wanted to do something? No, uh, I worked. Uh, I've worked in law enforcement uh, previously, and I, I supervised a, uh, a fraud unit for a state attorney general's office. Hmm. And uh, from there, I was very, very frustrated because people think, "Well, geez, I just call the government up and they can take care of this." And the truth is, they can't. Uh, when you look at, at law enforcement or policing, there's limitations. You have to have, in these kinds of cases, uh, you have to have three things. You need to have a victim, you need to have a perpetrator, and you need to have jurisdiction. So generally speaking, a local person who gets victimized is going to immediately go to the police. The police, the local police can't do anything. They're not going to prosecute someone in California or Nigeria or Jamaica. So they, they simply refer the person on to the FBI. Or, and the FBI does a, a pretty decent job, but they're just overwhelmed. Uh, or a state attorney general's office. And I, I have to tell you that while working there, uh, I, I saw such incredible fraud and, and an inability to make an impact on that. Hmm. Uh, one person in particular uh, lost $80,000 that went overseas, lost her life savings. I mean, just horrid. And, and I was the guy who had to tell her you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but your government can't get that money back or do anything. So from there, I decided, you know, I needed to do more. Uh, I have a, a background in business, I have an MBA. I decided to uh, continue on and get a master's degree in cybersecurity. And then from there, I decided to launch the business because I just felt I could have more of an impact uh, 
on this particular issue and get some attention to it. Wow, I mean, that's, so that's how it's done. That's, that's pretty awesome. I mean, you just, I mean, I think, if I'm not mistaken, we've talked before, I think it was that, uh, this isn't even your main, your main job, is it? Well, I, I do several other things. I do a lot of lecturing. Uh, basic, my belief is that, you know, it's, it's really about education, not legislation, because you can't legislate this problem away, and you've got to make people aware. So I do a lot of public speaking. Uh, I teach, and I also have a business-to-business uh, cybersecurity uh, firm. So that's where I really make money. This particular, I have to tell you, worldwide, I only know one other business that's doing what I'm doing, somewhat similar. And that business is absolutely for profit. Uh, they reject about 85% of uh, clients that come in. And the clients that are accepted, are, it's based on uh, their ability to pay. Fifteen hmm. percent, just to just to sit down and talk to these people, it's five thousand dollars as a retainer. Wow! I can't you know? I, I get it, and certainly there's some high-end players, and I've, I've certainly uh, been involved with some people who are fairly prominent and had cases. And, uh, and yes, they can make those kinds of payments. But by and large, most people who are scammed, uh, they just don't have a lot of resources. You know, and it, it's, right. You know, so so for example, our persona. Uh, verification investigation. Uh, I charge fifty bucks, and fifty bucks just to defray some of our costs. It's a, it's a freebie essentially, just to, to help people uh, avoid getting getting uh, scammed in the first place. So, um, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, like. So, so let's just go through this a little bit and see what happens. Because uh, I think you gave me a few examples before. It was like, uh, so someone will be online, they'll meet somebody, and um, they'll get close uh, just through chatting. Yeah. And uh, they'll will exchange photos, you know, do things, uh, embarrassing things online, and, and these will be used against them for extortion. Is what you're saying? That's exactly. It. They fall in love. Everybody wants to be loved. And what happens here is that people, people go online and they go to legitimate sites. You expect those sites to screen people. So they get on a, a, a national site, dating site, they pay the money to go into the, the, the I'm not giving an example. One, one particular uh, individual recently was on a, a national site and uh, met somebody and they, they chatted a couple of nights in a row. And then the, uh, the other party said, you know, this site is really, really lame tonight. It's really slow. You know, this is taking us forever. How about, can you send me your number? We'll just text back. So he took the victim off the, the environment where she had some safety net, and now he has her cell phone number. So they're engaging in that. And then it leads to, you know, uh, Google Hangouts or some other uh, setup that isn't really you know, monitored or, or limited in any way. And then it leads to the rest, and you know it becomes you know, gee, you know, just I, you know, I'm thinking of you, but I just have one picture, blah 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 blah. And then uh, you know, and as they're going through that, they're also booming the person. They know where those vulnerabilities are. They know that the woman perhaps is married. Maybe they know that the guy is a school teacher, or maybe they know that he's a prominent uh, politician in Atlanta, for an example. And then they just they gear up, they plan it, and then the next thing they know. It's like, okay, listen, here's the deal. I want $5,000. We need it by two days. And if you don't do it, I'm going to send, you know, your school these pictures. 
well, I'm going to send your husband these pictures. And people cough it up. They're so scared. And usually by the time they get to me, they've already paid. They've already sent money in, and they think, oh, gee, I paid the guy off, and then they realize, oh, my God, he's not going to go away. That means Florida. Now you're on the hook. If they're on the hook, and they're on the hook, they're on that, that uh, roller coaster forever. You know, until they get some help and they learn how to do this and, and, to, and to get off it. But the, the problem is, again, uh, people see these things and they think, this is a fate worse than death. And a lot of times my role uh, is really to mitigate against the impact of that exposure and to make them, that's almost like being a psychologist. I really talk to people and try to get them to see that, you know, it isn't the end of the world and you can get past this. Here are the steps you can take to, to prevent your uh, issues. So, so I work with law enforcement. I work with uh, Facebook and all, all the other social media outlets to, to make sure that if pictures get posted, you know, they're taken down immediately. Uh, I, I make sure that if a scammer has a, uh, an identity uh, on those sites, that that gets removed. Uh, and then it's much more complex than that. I track down the perpetrator, find out you know, where they actually are, what is their identity, where do they live. Um, I have working relationships with several uh, pleasing agencies uh, around the world. Uh, in particular, I work with the uh, Philippines uh, Justice Department, their cybersecurity uh, unit, which they just opened up here a couple of years ago. Uh, but a lot of those countries, and I'm not talking about the Philippines, I don't want anyone to <laughs> think I'm bashing the Philippines, but a lot of these countries are lawless. Right. You know, $10, $10 buys a police officer, and people will turn their backs. So it takes a, a bit of uh, working and spoofing. And uh, I had one case where I, I uh, just recently uh, identified the perpetrator in the organization. Uh, and actually was able to track them down to the block where they were operating, but had to rely on you know, the Philippine government to take action, and they waited too long. Uh, so that's, those are the kinds of things that happen. But if I can bring someone to justice, absolutely. But my primary goal is to protect my client and to, to frankly, help them get their life back. Yeah, and I think you told me, if I'm not mistaken, it's not always that the victim actually did anything wrong. There's actually a, a good amount of um, a Photoshop involved sometimes. Is that right? Um, sometimes. Usually it's not that. Usually it's, it's actual pictures. Uh, people aren't really concerned. It's hard to scam somebody when you can say, oh, you took my picture in Photoshop. Okay, big deal. You're, you're a criminal. I didn't do anything that bad. Where, where the scam really works is when you're dealing with people who... Who, who voluntarily gave their pictures, right. and 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 they're real. And these people obviously don't want their pictures out there. And I, and I want to uh, you know share just a differentiation between children and adults. Oh God, yes. You know, this country, this country has a uh, great you know the, the uh, child exploitation unit is really very 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 good. The difference between the two is that when a child is exploited. It's already a crime. There's no debate over whether that's, that's a crime. It is a crime. So you don't have to look at that and say, gee, did a crime occur? You know a crime occurred because a child was involved. When an adult's involved, you know, we, we have a democracy here. People have a right to consent to do what they choose to do within a, a, you know, a legal framework. So now you've got a you know, he said, she said kind of thing. 
and uh, you know to, to prosecute that is expensive. And as I mentioned before, there's typically local district attorneys are not going to spend taxpayer money chasing down somebody that they probably can't prosecute and and and, and have to meet the uh, standards to show that uh, this was involuntary. It's, it's a difficult uh, situation, but very different between adults and children. And I strictly work with uh, adults. If I see a child case, I refer it uh, on to the uh, National Center. Uh, is this a personal choice based on what you're willing to deal with, you know, personally, what, what, what affects you personally, or is this just something you want the proper people handling? Oh, no, I think that in, in the case of uh, child exploitation, it has to go there. Okay. The people who do this day in and day out, they can prosecute it, and I know they will take action. Now, in, the, on, in other cases, I certainly inform the FBI if I see things that are funky. I make sure, though, number one here is this. It's, a, it's kind of like going to a doctor. You know, you've got an illness, you go into the doctor, and the doctor says, okay, you, I see you got this, uh, this foot problem. We'll chop your foot off. You know, okay. the, the, the cure can't be worse than the illness. And when people come to me, their number one fear is being exposed. That is their fear. That's why they're paying this money. That's why they're doing all of this, is that they're, they're afraid that their whole life is going to be turned upside down and ruined if they don't make payments to this jerk, and, and they can't get away from it. And so my role here, uh, I'm not in law enforcement today. I have no legal obligation to do anything different, and my role is to keep that person uh, safe and keep the material confidential. So my goal is to, is to help them get off this treadmill and give them their life back with, either without being exposed at all or at least minimizing the, the impact. The problem is when you go to the police, now it's a case. Someone's going to come to your door and knock at your door and, and get an interview. You're going to come down to the police station or you're going to be interviewed by whomever. You know, your family members might be interviewed. You've exposed yourself. It's done. And that's why perpetrators are able to get away with this. Wow, that's, that's, that's crazy. And what you do sounds very important. Um, did, is, are there different types of crimes that you handle? Is it, is it mostly just this, or are there other things you find yourself in? Do you find yourself in some moral versus actual criminal, like where you just you know need to help well, somebody this, out? Yeah, in this business, yeah, certainly. Well, extortion is a crime. I mean, even though you know most states prosecute it as extortion, I mean it's a crime. You're you're, you're taking money from people under under threat. Uh, again. You know, I have people, in fact, even when I worked for the AG's office, I would have foreign uh, perpetrators call up or, and laugh and say, you can't do anything, and, and they're correct. So in terms of reporting it and making something happen with it, uh, it's tough. Sextortion is the main the main issue. There's money fraud things that don't involve sextortion at times. Uh, I have cases where, you know, you know, foreign marriages, some of them enticed to fly overseas and marry somebody and, you know, they're marrying 20 people. I mean, it's, it's just a continued scam, you know, where the, the new wife is just collecting money. Wow. Uh, you know, the guy, the guy flies back to the U.S., you know, and, uh, you know, nothing's ever consummated. It's just, you know, oh, there's my, there's my woman and uh, he's mailing money back out, you know, thinking, you know, monthly payments to his wife or she's got 20 guys mailing her monthly payments. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's horrible. I'll tell you, I used to think that I had seen it all. You know, I've been around for a long time. I've been doing things uh, in this field for a long time. And I thought, you know, 
but I'll tell you, every day is, uh, is different. And here's an example. It's not just, I talk about women, but it's a lot of men get scammed. They go online, they see some, you know, attractive looking, you know, woman, and then, you know, it's like, okay, can we Skype? So they get on Skype, you know, and they, and, you know, the woman asks the guy to do different kinds of things, and he complies, and then the next thing you know, he's getting some story. And the, and the Skype thing is not even real. It's, it's, a, it's a recording. Oh, really? Asking the guy. Oh, yeah. Like, it's not just a picture. There's actually a video of a girl talking, and they respond to this video. Yes, and they don't know it. They think wow. And, uh, and, and then, you know, these are men scamming men. These aren't women scamming men. These are, these are oftentimes, you know, organizations, men. And it's big, big, big business. It's terrible. And so now they've got, you know, pictures of somebody, you know, with their pants off or whatever, and they know who they're scamming. They've already done the research, and, and they're ready to go. So it's, uh, it's horrible. But, but, yeah, I mean, in my other business, which is called Lighthouse Business Consulting Services, uh, it's strictly a business-to-business thing, and I uh, assist uh, businesses in, in, in small business, businesses that normally would not know how to protect themselves. Uh, it's been a lot of educating them helping them to make sure that their that their uh, business isn't in jeopardy. But on occasion, I will see things that uh, are inappropriate. And uh, I make it clear in those cases that if I see something that, you know, if it's an embezzlement thing, I'm obviously going to let the CEO know that. If it's uh, something that involves you know, child porn, for example, uh, you know, that's going to get reported so they know that. But with cyber sleuths, uh, typically not, unless, unless I, you know, the victim wants something reported. Or, well, here's a, here's a good example. But I'm glad you put this up. Okay. Just the other day, just the other day, I had a guy call up and said uh, he is looking to find this scammer. He got scammed out of, you know, tons of money, and he needs to find this person. He gave me... You know, all the information and then offered me uh, $10,000 to track this person down. Uh, I always vet my clients first. Uh. It's just a policy. I always make sure I know who I'm talking to. This guy, in his community, he has a full stay away protection order against this individual. He's a stalker. So he was attempting to hire me to stalk this person. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so I, I uh, let him know that, you know, I knew what his game was. And I also let him know that I would be uh, notifying his local police and the district attorney there, which I did. So is this something that's like a red flag immediately when someone just throws a ton of money at you and says, look at this person for me? Well, not necessarily. Not necessarily. I mean, you know, again, I, I, cyber security people are rare. There's not a lot of us out there with, with actual degrees in cybersecurity, less let alone, you know, master's degrees in cybersecurity, big box. So, you know, throwing a bunch of money at me is not, you know, uncommon. In my other life, I, I can make a fair amount of money. I could here, as I mentioned, the one other company uh, that does some similar things, so it makes a ton of money. Um, so that's not the red flag. The red flag is that, you know, I, I don't know if I want to publicize that, but he gave me some information. Gotcha. I, I have a pretty good... Uh, the radar and, uh, and looked it over and said something's wrong and, and uh, did my did my work and you know, discovered him thankfully. So I'm I'm careful with who I who I do business with. I'm careful with uh, you know you know I'm not going to be aiding some bad player. So. 
Okay. Well, you got you got you know a lot of people online, and um, it's true, and it's hard to it's hard not to see it. I mean, just generally, everybody online can see it. A lot of the people on there are lonely people. Um, not not to criticize them or say there's anything wrong with that, but they're looking for something already to begin with. So it's really they're they're already waiting to be taken, basically. Um, so what are the signs that somebody online just trying to innocently uh, get by uh, to to be alarmed or or the precautions they can take uh, uh, when these alarms come up? Well, first and foremost, if they're trying to get intimate very quickly, that's a big red flag. No one does that. If you meet somebody, they're not going to try and get in. you got to get to know the person. So if they're trying to, to speed this along, you need to stop and think about it. Yeah. Uh, secondly, if, if they start professing, you know, feelings of love for you, uh, yeah, it's great to feel that and, and whatever, but, you know, if, it, if it's happening really quickly, there's something wrong with that. If they start asking for pictures, you know, I get it. Again, uh, you know, people in the real world are intimate. That's what people do. And lots of people date online successfully and get married. I mean, it's, 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 the scans are not the majority. The majority of people who date online do just fine. There's just some bad players out there. So when they start to ask for intimate pictures, stop for a moment. Think about that. And then get it verified. I mean, contact me. I mean, uh, you know, I can do it in 24 hours, let you know, yeah, this guy's legitimate, this is real, or he's, uh, he's got a fake persona, or he's got a stolen identity. And I had one, one, uh, one lady just recently who uh, contacted me, and she said, check this guy out, and he's, you know, he's a professional, he works here, here's all this information, and I just, I don't know, I just, I, you know, I, I saw a uh, magazine with you in it, and I thought I would just contact you and, went, and ask you what you thought here. And uh, so I checked it out, and you said, yeah, the guy is legitimate, absolutely, 100% legitimate, except that the, the guy that you're talking to stole the legitimate guy's identity. So you're dealing with someone who is a, is a total fraud, but yet presenting as, uh, you know, as good to go. All right, so this person so, exists, but it's not the person talking, basically, you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So you want to make sure you check the person out. If they ask for money, uh, that's a red flag. Yeah. You know, if they say things like, gee, you know, I, I fly internationally because I've got to do this, this, and this, and this, and now I lost, you know, my credit card, and I don't know what to do, uh, that's a red flag. Um, you know, a lot of times people will present pictures, and the pictures look great. Uh, I'll give another example. I had a, a, a person who uh, thought she was dating a uh, high-level business executive, and this picture was on... You know, she shared this picture with me, and uh, she said she had looked, and you know, he, you know, he sounds so legitimate. And now she, she, uh, he wants to fly to the U.S. even uh, someplace. I don't remember what it was, and uh, talk about you know, you know, extending their relationship, and hmm. he's going to be in San Francisco or some some nonsense. So I was able to find a very obscure uh, posting on a Japanese website of an event where a business person was speaking, and that was her person. It was fake. He'd scanned that out and had used it and uh, had, had duped her. Uh, so the two things is don't send money and don't send pictures until you've checked the person out. And the number one thing is if they sound too good and they're quick to try and romance you, 
step back and think about it. Wow. Yeah, I mean, uh, since you, the service, this is like a service on its own, I guess. Check this person out for me. Is that like an affordable service? Is that like, how does that? 50 bucks. We take a loss on this. If you're really, if you're really worried about the person you're talking to, 50 bucks isn't bad to find out the truth. Well, 50 bucks is better than spending, you know, 20 or 30,000 dollars at the end of the day, which is what people often spend. 50 dollars. And, you know, frankly, I would do it for free, but I've got to defray the cost. We get so many of these, and, and I would have thought about just limiting the number that I would take in monthly, because if there is a, you know, there's a, there's a time element to these things, and uh, there's a cost for time. And, um, but I don't want to do that. So what I've done is the $50 helps defray it and helps me to get more people and, uh, and work with them. So that's, that's what I do, and that's what I do. It seems reasonable to me. Um... But I think the, the problem is, that, you know, like anything else, people confuse what I do with, you know, like some of those online people search things. And they go online and they spend, you know, 59 bucks or whatever the heck it is to uh, do an online people search. And they think, oh, look, you know, well, first of all, those are computer-generated reports. All of that material is readily available online. If you have the 20 minutes yeah. with yourself, you can find out all that information. So save your money. Secondly, you know, it's not an investigation. They can't tell you that this person's a fraudster. They can't tell you that they have a, you know, a history of scam. There's nothing there. There's no people behind it, yeah. What's that? There's no people behind it. It's just a generated report with data from, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's anybody. And so they don't have any real skill. And, and again, what we do here, and I have uh, other investigators, everyone here, has a master's degree in cybersecurity and a law enforcement background. Uh, I do a lot of the, the smaller work, and I do some of the major, you know, the bigger cases. But I do the smaller work because, frankly, I can't pay my investigators what they need to do those small cases. So I give away my time. But I think it's critical. My mission, the corporate mission here, is to is to prevent scams. I would like it if I was put out of business. I would love it to, to think that no one ever got scammed again. I know that's not the reality, but, you know, that's that's my mission. Now you don't have to be doing this. You do this because you want to. I care. I mean, it's, 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 it's a, it's a, it's a uh, I'm driven for this. And, uh, yeah, I would love to have it be a business so that I can devote all of my time to this. Right. And, uh, you know, it may be that way. Uh, things that are kind of booming, but I, I'm, I'm loath to turn down people who are in need, and uh, I love what I do, and uh, I'm affected. So, you know, I, I guess the key thing now is just getting more people to know that, uh, you know, that there's service out there that will help them. And as I mentioned before, there's, there's no one I know except this one company, and just, that's just a sliver of the business. That's thoroughly similarity with, with, uh, with us, but it's not cost that's not the model I want to follow. Right, they're in it to make money. You're in it because you want to help people. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It is a business, yes. And it's supposedly a for-profit business. And, and certainly with some of the other cases that are much more complex, you know, where I'm working at uh, trying to discover some organization overseas, I'm trying to stop them, and, you know, I work to drop there. Well, let me just explain. There's a, most of the times when these scams exist, Money is sent to uh, 
and it's usually Western Union or MoneyGrams or iTunes cards that are very common. The money gets sent to a uh, location. That location is real, and it's, it's a hop, and they have what's called mules who actually transport that. So what they do is they go, they get the money, and then they send it back out to another hop where another mule will take it and send it on. So I follow things where something goes from, you know, uh, you know a, a victim in Idaho to Miami, Florida, and then off to Jamaica, and then from Jamaica to Singapore, and then off to the Philippines. And that's where the organization is. Wow. So part, yeah, so part of my goal when I look at this is to stop those hops, because I know that if I can close those hops down, there's money that's not going to go in the direction of the, the, the organization itself. There's someone else calling the shot, not the, 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 what we call screeners, which is essentially the, the, the con artist that's uh, communicating with the victim directly. He's not calling the shots. He gets a percentage, but the money is being sent elsewhere. So he's directed, hey, get more money. Hey, demand more money. Uh, you know, call them back up and threaten them this way. So, so he's being um, essentially supervised and then the money goes over so frankly these people are business people they're making billions of dollars so if I impact their business uh, I ex- in exchange because I'm not looking to prosecute them I'm not law enforcement and I, I recognize that that's not likely I want to disrupt their business so that they will agree to let my person go if they do that that's fine, then it's none of my business. If they don't, I'm going to do everything I can to make it difficult for them to do business. So if they have a hundred grand in the, in the kit coming to them through these hops, and I manage to uh, get these hops stopped or interfere with it so it slows down or the money doesn't get to them, uh, then I get their attention. Wow, so all you really can do is, is, is disrupt. You can't, there's no real stopping this. Well, you know, again, it depends on the country, and it depends on how motivated uh, people are. The Philippines seems to, to, you know, the government there seems to want to address the issue. Uh, frankly, I hear that they've got, you know, bigger issues these days, and, and ISIS is infiltrating. Uh, you know, so it's not likely, but, yes, yeah, sometimes, uh, you know, they'll move forward, and if it's a, it's a larger organization, and no one's on the uh, <laughs> So and then somebody's payroll, uh, yeah, they'll prosecute. But um, it's tough. It's tough. So yeah. So my goal is to is to interrupt the thing. I'm not, you know, my end goal is not to, to prosecute or to develop a case for law enforcement or any of that. What I'm strictly here to do is to protect my client. Wow. Oh, okay. Um, do, do you get people ask you to do things that? You just won't do. I mean, you did talk earlier about somebody who was basically trying to pay you to stalk for them. Um, I mean, were there other cases, other type of things where people ask you to do stuff where you just have to turn it down? Uh, I've had a couple of cases that just felt shady to me. Um, you know, where you know somebody might have been engaged in you know activities that frankly are illegal, and then got scammed. And I've had to, to, I can't get into details with that, but I, of course. You know, I just wasn't comfortable and it was a, it was a moral issue. Okay. But, uh, but here's, a, here's a thread I'd like to share with you and uh, your listeners as well. So one of the things with extortion, when you look at extreme cases of extortion, usually what happens is it's all about money. So the scammer gets money and, and they continue to demand money. 
But some of these people, and oftentimes it's women, uh, the money gets exhausted pretty quickly. There's not a lot there. Uh, the scammer's not going to make this profitable. So what they do is they say, well, here's what you can do. Here's what you will do. If you got a webcam, yeah, I have a webcam. Okay. You're going to uh, open the webcam up, and then you're going to log on to this site, which is a porn site that the scammer owns or, or someone in that organization owns. And you're going to do live sex performances. And if your job is to keep the, the caller, men will call up, they'll pay a credit card with them, whoever. They pay with their credit cards or whatever. And uh, they might have 30 or 40 webcams that they can select. And they select a webcam, and then that person does things, and, and the uh, viewer is able to chat with them. So they're able to type, you know, touch yourself, do this, do that. Uh, sick stuff. And yeah. uh, frankly, every, every fish that you can imagine is available. It's kind of nonsense. But, you know, their clients, uh, you know, spend money and they're charged by, you know, how long they stay online. So this is how this woman repays her extortionist. So what happens next is people are just so humiliated and so, so beat up. I mean, they're just a, a psychological mess. I mean, it's really, really horrible. Yeah. And at that point, they just don't see any other way around it. And frankly, some people kill themselves. I mean, it, 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 it's a horrid thing. So uh, my goal, my goal is to, is to get them off that get them off the treadmill and show them that, you know, life doesn't have to be this way. You're not stuck. But at that section, it's like, it's like to me, it's like, um, you know, modern-day pimping. It's, it's, like, it's like prostitution in uh, cyberspace. But you're forcing these people to do things they don't want to do, as with lots of prostitutes that get hooked up drugs or beat up or whatever the heck it is, so they, they you know, respond to their, to their pimp. Uh, this is what these people are doing. I mean, it's just just heartbreaking. Wow! And you mentioned earlier you refer children cases. Do you ever do Do you ever get the initial story? Do you? I mean, any kind of catch a predator type stuff, or you just really don't want to deal with that? No, I don't mind. Uh, you know, dealing with that. I just want to make sure that it gets to the authorities that can take uh, right control. I, I have a, a in my mind especially from my, my um, law enforcement background, I, I feel obligated, and I think all of us should feel obligated that when you see uh, anything involving children, yes. immediately uh, turn that into the uh, National Center. And that's, you know, what, what we need to do. I did a lot of that when I worked for the AG's office. Uh, we didn't take those cases because the National Center is declaring now they can get this done and take care of it, and they will, and they'll prosecute. So I would get, you know, whatever evidence can then get it to them. And the same thing, if I, if I came across things like that, and I, I really don't, not often, uh, but immediately uh, to the National Center. So, which is different, again, than, you know, the adults. The adult, the adults are less out, you know, pretty much in the cold. Sometimes I get to, I don't know, I feel like a superhero sometimes. It's really <laughs> gratifying. It really is, you know, you kind of swoop down, you get somebody, you know, maybe it doesn't end, you know, the, the way that they were hoping, but... At least, it, it, you know, we ended with the best possible outcome for their unique circumstances. Uh, it's very gratifying for me when somebody says, you know, thank you for giving my life back. That, that is awesome. Thank you. Yes. That's awesome. Sometimes, sometimes our 
our most selfless acts are our most rewarding because we're just you're happy about the result. Yes, yes. Well, I'm, I'm a firm believer that uh, you know you always have a choice: do the right thing or do the wrong thing. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm about you know making a difference in the world, and this is how I can. I mean, it's, it's my skill level and what I can do. And uh, you know, frankly, all I can do is all I can do. And uh, I'm I'm here, and I'm working hard at this, and I'm really, really trying to uh, catch kids. I mean, the days where I can. You know, I might not make a dime, but I've, but I've you know, been able to warn people ahead of time, prevent scams. Uh, those are all good days. That's all positive stuff. You know, again, I, you know, at some point it's got to be, you know, there has to be some profitability with it. More complex cases that are not content to make quite what's there. And you know, also for the service. It's kind of funny. We talked about the. We talked a little bit before the interview, and uh, it's funny. I mentioned the Scientology and John Alex Wood, and you knew what I was talking about. <laughs> uh, well, you know, how do you know this? <laughs> well, I, 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 I certainly looked at a lot of different kinds of things that come out online that involve, uh, you know, manipulating people who might, uh, you know, who might be vulnerable and. Uh, which is really, you know, we just talked about you know, people who are lonely online trying to date. Looking for something. You know, they're, they're vulnerable. And certainly with some of these occult-type groups, you know, they, they, you know, look for those people that, that they look for the weakness, they zero in, and they manipulate them. So it's not a free will choice. It's not someone saying, you know, I, I think you're... You know, your theology uh, works for me, it makes sense, and I'm really interested. It's more of a, let's see what you need, and we'll, we'll manipulate you into thinking this is your answer. There's a gain involved. You know, the way I see it is, is you know, when we look at fraud, really what we're speaking about is it's fraud, both of what you just mentioned and what I do. Yeah. When you look at that, it's really, did, did someone say something to, to someone that was a lie? to convince that person to do something they wouldn't do otherwise. And yeah. that's, that's, that, I have that actually on my wall here in my office. Nice. That's what I think of all, all the time. That's, that's the line. And, uh, you know, people can say, well, it's legal, I can do this, I can do that. Well, yeah, sure. But that doesn't make it right. Wow, that's good. That's a good take on it. I mean, uh, have you had any Scientology cases or you just, that's uh, not something that really gets so yeah, really I don't get, get into a lot of... I mean, I have cases where I've had people who were, you know, involved in the church in one way or another, either church leaders or or however, in different churches, in different, you know, all flavors of religion. Uh, I haven't had any cases, and I really don't. You know, that's kind of a different different venue. And, of course, I, I have strong personal opinions about it. Right. Any kind of extortion, whether it's in the, uh, one flavor of religion or pseudo religion or another. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, I think we should do. Go ahead. Talks. That's the thing, you know. So. Money talks. Man, I think we should do a cyber sleuth cyber sleuth investigation is what it's called, right? I kind of started yeah. it. Cyber sleuth investigation. I swear I'm not drunk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a yeah. Don't say that three times fast. The S's run together. Cyber, <laughs> cyber sleuth investigations incorporated. 
I think what you do with that is very good. I think it's pretty awesome. Um, and I do um, uh, thank you for what you do because I think there's, there is a need for that. Um, thank you, Chris. No, no problem. Uh, what I do with every guest at the end of an interview is I do something called 10 questions. Oh, sure. And it's just 10 random questions. Some might make you think. Some might be silly. If you don't want to answer one, you can just skip. Are you ready for 10 questions, Terry? Yeah, go for it. All right. 10 questions with Terry Evans. Uh, number one, true or false, cybersecurity is not truly entirely possible. Um, you know, I can't just answer it with a true and false. Okay. i got I got to add something to it, okay? Sure. So the, the answer is true. It, cybersecurity is not 100%. And anybody who tells you, especially a cybersecurity professional, tells you that I can 100% guarantee this is the outcome, uh, is a fraudster. Get away from that. Wow. Cybersecurity is like any other science. Uh, there are times when you can do things, but there's never a way to make yourself. I mean, I, you know, I, I can walk down the street and call on my face. Uh, no one can guarantee me that that'll never happen. Right. Uh, in cybersecurity, we can do all the kinds of things we can do to limit uh, the likelihood that uh, a cyber attack or uh, might be successful, but there's never a 100% guarantee. All right. Number two, where's Waldo? <laughs> he's online. <laughs> you have to look. You have to do some research on that. Huh? Yeah, I would say he's online. He's I'm online. Scamming somebody. <laughs> but he looks like you know we don't want to judge a book by its cover. But he looks a little shady. This uh, Waldo guy. Yeah, I always. I never look for Waldo. You know, that's he's not my. Uh, you know, unless unless he uh, gets on my radar. Radar. There you go. All right, number three. If you could investigate any resol- unresolved crime, uh, what would it be? Oh, extortion. Absolutely. Is there like a case that people would know that is unresolved that you would you wish you could get a crack at? Uh, there, there are a couple of key cases that I've had clients that have decided to uh, continue paying their their perpetrator because they just. Uh, weren't able to accept. I mean, they paid the perpetrator five grand a month. Wow. I would love to to get back into that. And, and, I mean, and this is for life. They're paying them five grand a month. Wow. Um, I would love to take a crack at those cases and, uh, and do what I could do. Uh, I, 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 well, I can't guarantee anything. I can promise them that I can give them the best possible outcome. Certainly, five thousand dollars a month for life is not the best cost. It's not an answer, no. Okay, uh, number four. Are you someone who tends to lean towards sense of urgency, or do you take your time and get it right? Um, well, there's always a sense of urgency because people are are, are at crisis. Uh, if I have somebody call up and they feel like, oh my God, I, I just can't stand this anymore. You know, uh, they've already sent pictures off to, you know, one family member demanding more money. I certainly feel a sense of urgency. However, I am very detail-oriented and I'm very, very careful. A little bit of both. I don't want to ever, yeah, I don't want to ever point fingers in the wrong direction or, you know, spend a lot of time uh, running down a path that isn't going to to help the person at all. But, you know, I certainly have a sense of urgency as well. So... I guess the answer to that is, is yes, I, I absolutely am focused on getting it right, but I also recognize that I work in a crisis environment. Gotcha. Gotcha. Number five, taxi or Uber? 
Sorry. These questions are good. Uh, you know, you're talking to a security guy, man. You know, uh, I'm not going to get into a car with a stranger that uh, there's no uh, no vetting for. I mean, I think Uber is, is up and coming, and, and it's and it's there. But anybody can but, do it. You know, yeah. Something, yeah, so, you know, I think about, do I want my wife to hop in a, in a cab with some, uh, you know, somebody that, you know, who the hell knows who this person is? And, you know, I'm hearing that, uh, you know, the screening process. And I'm not trying to bash Uber, so for God's sake, please don't call me up this. Your audience is out there. <laughs> you know, I think I think Uber's a wonderful thing, especially when you, you live in areas where, you know, people go out to bars and they need to get home. And drunk driving thing is a, is a real issue for me. I hate I hate that. And, and Uber, you know, you know, perhaps fits that. But by and large, uh, I don't want to hop in a car with someone I don't know. Gotcha. Gotcha. Number six, true or false? Droids are the best part of Star Wars. Say, say that again. Droids are the best part of Star Wars. True or false? <laughs> oh. You know, I have to say, yeah, I kind of enjoy them. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Number seven, you do things online. What do you prefer, Mac or Windows? I'm a Windows guy. You're a, you're a Windows guy. You're a PC. Gotcha. Yeah, I'm a PC guy. Uh, you know, Mac does what it needs to do. I feel like um, you can do more with Windows. I, I like I like Windows because it allows me to do a lot of other kinds of things, but that is just what I'm most comfortable with. Okay. Uh, I, can do, I can do everything I want to do with Windows. All right. Number eight, what's most likely for you, fast food or salad? Oh, salad. Salad, okay. Healthy person. All right. Number nine, are you a morning person? Uh, yes, absolutely. I hate you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, no, I, I say, my day starts my day starts at five thirty in the morning. Oh. Sometimes they don't they don't end until, you know, midnight. I'm one of those rare guys that I'm able to get, you know, five hours of sleep and a half. Yeah, well, that's, I'm, that's my life. <laughs> I don't get a choice on that. Uh, number 10. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything you want to add before uh, before we wrap this up here? I guess I just want to emphasize again that, you know, people, first of all, if you're a victim, it is not your fault. You did not do anything. You are the victim. Everybody needs to be loved. And I would urge people to please, if they're in a relationship, if they're getting into a relationship, you know, take the time to at least make sure that the person that you're going to invest your time, your money, and your heart with is real. That's a great, great statement. I, I really uh, stand behind that. I think that's awesome. Uh, I really appreciate you doing this. I think it's important. I think there's a lot of people, you know, a lot of what I do uh, with this podcast is spread throughout different modes of social media. I think the people who need to hear this are, are my audience. I think I think it's great that you're doing this. Great. Thank you so much, Chris. Oh, no problem, Terry. You take care. You take care, too. All right, it's Terry Evans of Cyber Sleuth Investigations. You can go to his website, www.cybersleuthinvestigations.com, and check him out if you need some help. Remember, he said 50 bucks just to check somebody out. Uh, that's nothing, right? I mean, for, for peace of mind. Um, so, so today was my last Thursday show. And tomorrow I'll be doing part two with Glenda Smith. You've heard two times already on my show in the last week. You should get a lot of airtime here. Uh, wonderful lady, former member of the CCHR, Citizens Commission for Human Rights, which is a, a, a way to say uh, 
we want you to think we're cool, but we're really just uh, using people to uh, to fit an agenda. And you'll hear more about the CCHR from Glenda tomorrow. She's awesome. You're going to love her if you haven't heard her yet. Listen to part one. Listen to episode 100. And also um, listen tomorrow. And tomorrow will be uh, my last show for a few weeks. We'll take a little bit of a break. And I'll be back uh, with a really great interview to start off with and come back with. So you guys will get excited about that if you if you listen to the Scientology material. Also, um, you may have heard a while back, and you may see I, I did a live interview with Melissa Paris, who uh, survived a, a crazy ordeal growing up in Scientology. Even if you've heard that interview, you should really check out her interview with Chris Shelton on YouTube. Uh, Chris Shelton's a good guy. He knows what he's doing. He's an ex-Scientologist, second generation like Melissa. He's been on my show. I've been on his. Uh, definitely check it out if you haven't. Go to YouTube and look up Chris Shelton, and it's his latest video about child abuse in Scientology. There is no substitute for seeing the person themselves who've had those experiences explained in their own words what they've been through and able to see in an unscripted environment, 100% unscripted, clearly laid-back environment, uh, what these things are and what's happening with these people and what has happened. So uh, that's that for now. Uh, please join me tomorrow. Until then, that about sums it up. Have a good day, everybody. All the spot analysis. Am I crazy? Uh, <laughs> uh, no. Are we on a podcast? Yeah. I, I think I'm going to come get some. If you want some, Gotta get dead. Gotta get dead. Gotta get My favorite, though. Am I? You're my favorite. Oh, thank you yeah. so much. I think not. You put me on the e-meter and ask me a question, and the needle would float.